feels pretty usual as we're recording on a Tuesday night, but it's a little different. We're going to honor the seniors uh, with this episode for the Picayune Maroon Tide Football Club, such a special group. We normally uh, get together and able to do a preview podcast or a post-game podcast. This is going to be different in nature. We'll camp out on the senior class and what all this class was able to accomplish. And so welcome in to another exciting episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. Jeff to my left on the dials tonight trying to keep us locked in. To my right, as always, Ricky Whitaker. And to his right, David Burnett. Man, we owe a debt of gratitude to Jeff and I to David Burnett and Ricky Whitaker and the groundwork that they laid in our coverage of Picayune Maroon Tide football. And so, guys, let's get right into it. I'll start with you, Slick. What a special class. You're a numbers guy. I keep saying special. That's the only adjective um, that, to me, is kind of fitting to use over and over again with this group, you'll be able to have some numbers that back that up. Yeah, for sure, Clay. And, you know, and I'll reference what Cody said in his interview. He said this is the greatest class that's came through Picayune. Um, you know, I, I have to agree with him. I think the numbers show that. The hardware certainly shows that. And those stats you talked about, so win streaks. Um, this group holds the record for the, the longest win streak in school history with 28 wins, most wins in a season. Uh, that was that – uh, 22-23 season where they went undefeated, 15 wins uh, was a record there. Back-to-back state title games, and, and this group did this as sophomores. They were just babies, Dave. You remember that? We were there. Yeah. And, in, again, as juniors, 17-0 and in region play. That's just incredible. And then when you look at another record they hold is um, most 10-win seasons. You know, Picayune's got 16 10-win seasons in their program history. This group has three of those by themselves. And an overall record, Clay, of 39-4 and four through three seasons that's just incredible. He said it. They've set the bar really, really high. It's always been high at Picayune, but my goodness, the guys coming up have a, a very, very tough act to follow. Yeah, when you look at those numbers, Dave, the the way that most coaches that I've been around kind of break their seasons up into um, preseason, if you will, that's non-district, non-region games, then the region games, and then the playoffs. Cody and this group nearly perfect through those district games. They were perfect, and then nearly perfect in the playoff games. Just incredible, huh, Dave? Yes, it truly is. I mean, and we've watched a lot of football. We played football, you know, and um, and like he's Picking's had a high standard. It's always been there. Dodd Lee's had it there, and for this group to come in and kind of elevate this program, that says a lot to a program like Picking because this it's known in the state as a top tier program and so you're you know tough bunch of kids and they came in and man i don't know it's it's kind of like man i hope we don't cry on this thing but talking about them but uh kind of get you know gets emotional i mean we started like you said slick because they were babies like the some of the plays those 10th graders made when i mean these seniors made as 10th graders just still etched in my mind so uh it's a it's really, really cool to see what they were able to do, um, especially running through district like they did. I mean, that says a lot. And, um, I know it didn't end like we wanted it to, but, man, you still can't say enough good things about them. Yeah, later in this episode you'll hear from uh, Coach Cody Stogner, and you mentioned tears. If, if we don't cry, we would have made it further than Cody and I did. I think we were teared up 
uh, in his office on uh, question number two in our 15-minute uh, interview. It didn't take us very long to kind of get emotional about this group. Slick, like I said, you're a numbers guy. You did that beautifully there with with those numbers. Um, what stands out in this three-year run? We're talking about a three-year run because we're honoring the seniors. We're considering their sophomore, junior, and senior season. But what of the numbers that uh, you've been able to document through the podcast and also through our live coverage really jump out at you? For me, Clay, with this group that made them different, than probably any other group that came through Picayune was their ability to just grind and the grit they had. There was so many cases where it just didn't look good at the half. And we would go, man, I don't know how you dig out of this one. And then they would do it. And then the next week we would say, I don't think they're going to be able to dig out of this one. And they would do it again. They had a fearlessness about them, Clay. And it's crazy because Dave mentioned, you know, them being babies. I don't know if they really realized at that time how special they were, but they just didn't back down from anything. And when people would crumble under pressure, that's what the great ones do. Great ones show up in pressure situations, right? They, they end up taking that pressure and saying, it's not a pressure, it's a privilege for us to be here and to be in this situation. And they certainly did that time after time. And, Clay, they, they won every level of game you could win. They came from behind and won games. Um, they were they were they won shootouts. The Gauthier game is yep. one that sticks out. They won really every kind of game where that that you could win in a career. Um, and most people don't get the opportunity to to win maybe one or two games like that in their entire lifetime. That they they went through the whole trifecta of everything and won them uh, any way you could win it. And that's really what sticks out to me. Uh, throw the numbers and stats out, but this team's ability to grind back and fight when everything was against him. And momentum's hard to shift, especially in football, but they did that time after time. Yeah, he's bringing up an interesting point, Dave. You know, I, uh, I'm an old boxing uh, fan, and, you know, that that was always the mark of a, elite fighters that they could win a couple different styles of fights. And we saw this with this Picune club. I think about um, last year's team, the 15-0, and 0, the, the team that was able to accomplish – back-to-back state titles, and particularly, you know, in, in the regular season game against Gauthier, I guess that was the, the district title ball game that you're able to go and win in overtime. The West Jones game in overtime where really you had to make a play, and they did a, a, a tip of our cap back to the seniors from a year ago. When y'all first came on the scene as sophomores covering this team with that post-game podcast, and I've already heard you both kind of say how young this sophomore group was that played a bunch of snaps, it's like they didn't really know how good they were, but in that offseason and then that senior leadership for the 15-0 and team, they carried themselves like they had kind of figured it out over the summer and looking back like, hey, we're, we're about to be really good and that's how this group carried themselves both their junior and senior season. Would you agree with that, Dave? I totally agree, Clay. I think if you look in that sophomore season, uh, Slick, I think it was the Diabville game. You go in and you, you, you could have beat Diabville, and they just couldn't get it done. But, man, they couldn't – I mean, they just got better and better, and I guarantee that Diabville team had wanted no piece of picking later on in that year, just how good they got – and it says a lot about these kids. I mean, how many interviews did we do this season, guys? And they're talking about teams that beat them in junior high. 
this team is just they were always hungry they were just always hungry wanted more and um and you can see it in their eyes i mean you go back to the 15 and 0 uh season clay and you also that laurel game that laurel had them on the ropes they fumbled going into the end zone and still held it together to, to win a game like that teams just don't do that type of stuff in high school over and over again in the season and to finish it all 15 and 0 this year we we dealt with some adversity and Man, and, and we got a feel of it in that Gulfport game, man. I mean, I know we're jumping, I'm jumping around, but that Gulfport game just kind of reminds you of how special this group was. You lose a guy like, you know, CD6, and I, I'm i not even going to lie to anyone. I didn't think we were going to come back. I didn't. I'm not even going to lie. And, and and that's what they've done all the, their whole lives is made, made doubters, you know, proven, proven people wrong. Yeah, it's interesting. When you look at this class, uh, Slick, our numbers, um, they're big in nature as far as uh, some of the physical attributes, as far as a roster makeup. I think we've got, if we count uh, Mikey Morrell, which we will, he's the uh, senior manager and trainer for the Tide. I believe we've got him at 18 or 19 in this senior class. And when you look at it, just playmakers littered throughout the roster when we've highlighted these seniors when you go down from three jb mac williams all the way to 77 big mike smith there's a memory that basically uh jumps out to every senior that's highlighted here we'll get in trouble if we start uh naming them by name but we're going to do that anyway some of the guys and some of the plays through their career slick that really kind of stand out um to you boy it's hard to uh... <laughs> It's hard to uh, even start there. You know, I remember, I guess, going back to, again, when they were they were just kids. You know, Dave and I were on the, the sideline for the state championship game, and I know you were up in the stands for that game. And I remember really two plays that, that jump out. Um, there was one where Chris Davis, again, just a sophomore, he makes this cut back against the green. And it was like we were playing like some kind of an Xbox game where you can strafe like from side to side. It didn't make any sense that someone could humanly do that, makes a big play, and then there was one where Monte just grabs the ball like you know, with, a, with his big paw, picks it up, and, I mean, he's sprinting 30 or 40 yards for the touchdown that kind of sealed the game. And standing on the sideline there um, kind of reminds me back. I know we, we talk a lot of basketball references, but uh, when um, – Dickie V's looking for someone to celebrate with, right? That's a, a highlight moment. Oh yeah, Jimmy Valvano after and, the yeah, yeah after the title. And there's yeah. there's nobody around but me yeah. and Monte. Just I thought he was <laughs> yeah. going to squeeze a life out yeah. of me, and he's so young at that time then. But a lot of plays like that, and even a Marion man that the pick six he had uh, to seal the game. I believe it was against Laurel Dave, um, where he had the interception, just showing that speed. But so many, so many things jump out. Uh, it's it's hard to name uh, any just one, but those are a few, man, that were pretty special to me. Dave, before you steal it, I'll ask you the same uh, question. But I think of Brady uh, popping up, rolling out to his right, and then he finds uh, Conti standing over on the on the sidelines. I guess that would have been a negotiate uh, ball game, and that was a game saver. Li- yep. Literally, that had a play that had to be. Made, I guess that would have been his junior year, but the lefty kind of found Conti just hidden, basically. And um, I thought he was going to try to run for it, which I, I don't think he would have made it if he makes that choice, but has the presence of mind to just flip it over to, 
Josiah and let him make a play. That's one that pops out from the from the senior lefty quarterback Brady Robertson. But we'll turn to you, man, and kind of get some uh, plays that jump out out to you, man, Dave. Man, when you put me on the spot, there's so many that goes through my mind. I know the uh, first year, Marion picked the uh, scooping score that Amarion got as a sophomore at Gulfport was pretty special. It was cool to see. And, uh, I mean, all the sacks, the plays that guys have made and um, between Monte and JB. And, I mean, uh, man, I don't know. I, I can't even think of, I mean, just one one play from each kid. It's a, I don't even know why I can't right now, but it's just been uh, – and I video just about everyone. Yeah, well, that's and that's crazy. cool. Though. Well, it's crazy, and it's cool that those kids, you know, uh, can really go back. I know several have asked you to to send it to their their personal phone. If, if they're on Twitter, they can go back and relive that. It, it's cool from time to time. I'll just go to that to that feed and just you know wear myself out scrolling up and down because so many of the memories have been. Um, documented right there you've got some guys who really made hay over the summer when you talk about a senior class and we'll get to those guys you actually interviewed um um Amarion um Chris Davis uh Monte Waller Mikey Morrell and John Feaster after the Mississippi Alabama game Feaster's a little wild card in the mix because he's a picking guy of course he's coaching over at Moss Point now but he's impacted the lives of these kids, so I'll be interested to hear kind of his take. He was a coach in that Mississippi-Alabama um, game, but some of the guys that didn't get to participate in some of this postseason stuff, of course you had Nike and Dunk being able to make an impact the weekend before in the Bernard Blackwell game. Dunk actually took home the MVP defensively uh, for his club and a winning effort for the South, but some guys that didn't get that kind of notoriety or get to participate after the fact. I think about the work that Robert Williams, Nunu, put in in the offseason to really provide a special senior year. He was a really good player uh, for the Tide. Christian James, CJ, and the way that he progressed and got himself into a really good spot. Those guys kind of made this class what they are. They did, Clay, and, and you always use that term, platoon guys. They were guys that we saw that would come in and, 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 and play in key moments when they were needed and caught up on. And then those guys emerged into figures on this team. And, and one thing about Nunu that jumps out to me is I was talking to a couple of players one time at practice, and they said, you know, Nunu's probably the hardest hitter we have on this team. And I'm like, that's a mouthful to say that <laughs> with who we have. But that guy would come up and lay you out. CJ as well, um, you know, just really doing everything that was that was asked of them and then a little bit of extra, man. And, and I think, too, you know, you mentioned the All-Star games. I think what really separates these guys, because you can look at the stats and you can look at the, the state championship games, but when you got kids consistently going to the Bernard Blackwell game and the Mississippi-Alabama game, and then what we know is the peak, uh, the, the mountaintop for high school athletics is to make it to the Under Armour All-American game. We've got kids playing in that, too. I mean, guys, when I played, it, making all district was a big deal. Yep. Um, back then, Rob Sigler had a thing called the All-Area Team. I remember making that, and I was like, this is great. It's like four schools they picked from. But that was a big deal. And then if you made All-State, boy, that was a small, small list. But look at what these guys have done uh, to be selected to play in games like that, to coach in games like that. Uh, that. I think that really says it all. 
It does. When you think of some of the unsung heroes, we had a huge gap to fill in the fullback position. A senior in Jeremiah Conti played a bunch of snaps there uh, this year. He kind of had to wait his turn. Potentially, I've heard Cody called uh, Darnell Smith the best fullback to ever play at Picune, which is certainly a mouthful. Had to wait uh, for Darnell to kind of get out of Jeremiah's way. I'm saying that in the kindest way, but these are kids, Dave, that you were able to to coach some in the past, and it's kind of cool to have seen uh, Jeremiah and some of these guys be able to share some of that spotlight. It sure is, Clay. I mean, I helped out with junior high, and this this group right here really was my last one. I was there a good bit when they were in seventh grade, so I got to see a lot of them, and uh, you get to see kids. It, it's really been fun when you do the junior high stuff, and you get to see these kids grow up because, man, what you see when you, you know, there's a lot of kids that didn't play much at junior high that turned out to be really good players for you in um, high school. And Coach Breland is the one that taught me that when I first started was like, you know, always, you know, there's going to be kids here that you don't think will, will make it. They're going to they're going to be contributors to this team. And um not saying that these kids didn't play in junior high, but there's a lot of kids that end up filling spots in that you weren't expecting them to fill. And then you also had guys that come back. You had Kyler King who could have just stayed with baseball. He's going to play baseball, Clay. Yep. He didn't have to come play football, and he come back, and that helped. I mean, really was a void in that defense. And, uh, I mean, I you know, I'm sure he wishes he probably would have stuck with it. And, you know, he, you could kind of tell he kind of had to catch back on. And, and there was times where he just looked phenomenal out there. And then um, Diodati done a lot of things out there for you at the wide receiver spot. And Hickman – decided to come back from golf i mean like he was playing golf he, he got they ch- decided to change golf from a spring sport to a fall sport and obviously that's what he's going to be doing in college so you don't blame a kid for going to do golf but you know what it's like man i don't want to leave my brothers like i want to come play with them so he came back and then man, you bring up nathan and, and not to stop your thought there but Man, I thought the state title game in the Rock against West Point, the 15-0 and year, I thought was one of Nathan's better games. He played yep. really good football and yep. uh, in a, in a biggest stage you can get. And so uh, it's hard. I, I thought Nathan was uh, underappreciated at times because of the guys he played around and amongst. You play next to Amarion, especially from our coverage, you're going to be a little underappreciated because – you know, I fell in love with Amarion early, and, and it was hard not to, but I thought Hickman was really solid at the linebacker spot, and I appreciate you hitting on what Diodotti did out wide for the Tide as well. Yeah, that's a kind of like a you know a position that you – in our offense, you, you're you going to play wide receiver. You're going to go block. I mean, that's just what you're going to do. you got to enjoy it. And, man, i never seen a kid. So, I mean, he was always happy to do his job, and, and that helps because you got to have unselfish people on a team, Clay. And and also, look at our quarterback. I mean, I went to – I mean, we we seen a Bernard Blackwell, and we watched – I went and watched the Mississippi, and we watched it on TV. I, I'm just going to say it. I'd put Brady out there with any of them guys throwing the ball. He just doesn't get the opportunity at Picayune. And, um, and I know he would have done really well in that – Bernard, I mean, like I know he would have played in that. He's definitely, well. he's definitely one of the guys that was snubbed. Um, Clay is asking about the guys that maybe didn't make that game. Uh, we got to see him at the camp. He was hurt, yep. um, but he, but he showed up as good as any quarterback out there throwing the football with his release. And I'll mention another guy too. Diodati was a good one, Dave. I was thinking about him as well, and the way he blocked in this running game. But 
you know, a guy like Quentin Hayes. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, yeah. Coach Edwards doesn't say a whole lot uh, in detail, but the only time I've ever heard him say, you know, we're wasting Quentin's talent at guard. But he was that kind of an athlete where he played that guard position. In a picking offense where you got to pull guards to run in the power, boy, he did that unselfishly. Finally got a chance to play a little defense his senior year. We got to see what kind of athlete he was. And, boy, Coach Edwards was certainly right about him. Uh, he was an uber-talented kid that, that played a very unselfish position. And Quentin would never tell anybody this, but he nursed lower half injuries all year. Quentin wasn't 100% all season long. And so, boy, he he was he was special to me. He never said a word, always uh, went to work just the way you wanted him to. Yep. And then you also have Donnell out there on the end that's uh, – He's picked up. He just picked up an East Central offer, and Clay, he was at my house. We had just. I'm gonna tell you, I was so excited for him. He already has a Pearl River offer, and I think uh, most teams are looking at him as a center guard, which is he's just not tall enough to play tackle in uh, college. But uh, very good. He'd be a very good center for sure. And he's sitting there, and I ask him about uh, any other schools talking to him, and he says, "Well, East Central talks to me a good bit." And, he just ain't they ain't ready to offer, and I swear to you, like five minutes, and I it couldn't have been more than five minutes. Phone rings, and it's Coach Luther, yeah, who was from nice. who's from Picky, yeah, calls him and offers him a scholarship at East Central, and and obviously he's going to have to decide where he wants to play. But man, just uh, experiencing, and I was more, I had more excitement. Me and Monte had more excitement than Donnell's. Just like okay, yeah. Yeah. And, and and another guy, two guys that I, that I think about too on, in this class is, uh, you know, Big Mike Smith. It, yep. it, it's hard to come in and replace a guy like Zay. Um, that was some big shoes to fill, and then you get lost a little bit in the mix because you got JB and Monte on the line. But there were games, the Catholic game sticks out where yep. I'm like, Ocean I don't Springs know, Ocean too. Springs too. Yep. I don't know if anyone can block Big Mike. When he got going, he was as good as you could find on that defensive line. Um, again, at times he seemed unblockable and, 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 again, contributed in a big way, especially, you know, as we talk about, you get a lot of the other guys get the attention, but uh, he stepped up and was, a, and was a force on that defensive line. Yep. He was. He really was. And then you've got uh, Vonnie Lewis on the roster. He's, he's a soccer guy. I'm following his Instagram, watching what, uh, what he's able to do over on the pitch for Coach Butler. He's an um, asset there. For the soccer and and speaking of kicking, man, Morgan Kraft, the way that he was able to to come back from an injury, and then I want to I want to mention uh, Jamal Simmons. I thought uh, Jamal Simmons was able to really hang in there and help the Tide until Morgan Kraft was able to get back. Uh, we didn't we really you know Simmons did exactly what the Tide needed him to do in the space and in the opportunities that. Uh, that he was given was actually able to hug Jamal Simmons' neck during the Christmas parade, and so it was good to see uh, Jamal Simmons that night. But Morgan Kraft fought back from a really bad knee injury. He was great through. He started kicking his ninth grade yep. Yep. year. I remember calling uh, games with Jeff over here to my left for Popperville, and they roll out uh, Picune, a ninth grade uh, kicker against. Popperville and Morgan Kraft was good from that night on. He was uh, had to fight back from an injury, and I, I think his average on kickoffs had to have gone up seven or eight yards. I mean, the ones that used to land at the three or the four this year were five or six yards deep for touchbacks. Um, he had a great senior year, and he's going to have a really good baseball uh, senior season as well. He, he certainly did, Clay, and, and he went – you know, 
think about him and I always got a kick out of tuning in because you've kind of brought it up a lot. You know, his, the Halloween orange cleats, he had the bright green cleats. What colors is cleats going to be tonight? But I think that that defense for Picayune, as good as they were through their career, would probably vote him MVP because you think about how many times he gave them start and field position on their 20 yeah. or sometimes even better than that. Boy, that was really, really good. He was an asset to the defense for, for sure with his ability to put the ball deep like, like he did. He got better and better every year. Yeah, how many times when Picayune was rolling along would you and I talk about complimentary football, the way he would pin deep, force a three and out, get a poor punt, and then uh, Brady Robertson, we talk about the senior lefty coming on to take it over at about midfield, and he would have a short field to work with, and then uh, Tide would do what they do. Dave, I cut you off. You were about to say something there. I was just going to give Ernie and them some props, man. They brought him back, that Picayune physical therapy. Sure. Got his leg right, and, uh, man, I mean, just you really can't say much, I mean, enough about what, what he went through. He could have just uh, could have just stuck it out with baseball, and, and obviously it paid off for him coming back. He got an offer to go play football at uh, Pearl River Community College up there for Seth Smith. So um, hats off to him, and I think uh, he's only going to get better. And we don't really have a lot of opportunities to kick field goals in this out there at Picayune. We just – we're going to go for it. Like, it is what it is. Dye did it. Cody's going to do it. If it's short on that side of the field, they're going for it. Sure. I mean, when you're averaging what uh, Picune's averaged in the past per uh, rushing attempt, you're, you're necessarily the analytics or the math's going to tell you to, to go for it. Guys, we've got some awesome interviews, one in particular uh, that's 15 to 16 minutes long. That's with – uh, Coach Steigner, and then Dave, remind our listeners again, you were able to go up and represent our group at the Mississippi-Alabama ball game. We had sickness in our household. My heart was broke not to be able to, to make it up to that ball game, but kind of tell our listeners um, who they were here from, from your perspective, the interviews you were able to gather last Saturday afternoon up at the Rock. Well, we had uh, three players selected, Clay, to play in the uh, Mississippi-Alabama game in which I learned at went to the banquet and we also had a manager selected which they only select two of those in the state wow so to have a manager there is pretty pretty cool I thought and uh so I learned from the banquet that this is the longest continuous running all-star game between two states wow in the whole country my son was asking he said what other states kind of match up so that'll give him a little trivia answer you yeah, know how they, he it's, nerds it's, out on his it's stuff not the, so. it's not the longest yeah. they've had some but they've took they've taken breaks yeah they played through covid and everything they got it done and uh cool that's a really good setup i mean me and clay talked about it this week they got to go to i mean you can say some of the things probably could be a little better but they get a lot of cool gear all nike stuff and uh but they have a banquet that's really cool that, you know, family can come to and they feed you and then, um, just like any other banquet. And then uh, – but we had the three players that got selected. And then um, I interviewed uh, Chris Davis who played running back. Um, Jamonte Waller played a little linebacker in that game. So, if you get to watch it, he's a little different, similar to what he's going to play in college. And then uh, Marion Tyson who was the Mississippi leading tackler in the game. I bet that's a big surprise to you, Slick. Not at all, man. <laughs> Not at all. And, uh, boy, I will I will miss his backflips before mm. the games. And I'll certainly miss Dunk uh, running those routes and catching it with one hand. <sighs> mm. Just just a lot. But you said it, man. A lot of these guys we've mentioned will be playing on Saturdays. And um, that's certainly impressive in itself, too. 
Yeah, sure he is. And and I mean, it's like I'm going a little bit of rant here, not not a bad rant, but when we started, you think about it like um I know Clay didn't start the first year, but it, it still feels like this this is our first group. You know, this is this is the the ones that we watched 3 years of football and man, I want to just say thanks to uh for well, we didn't know what we were doing at first, obviously. And uh, sometimes I think we still you know, I still don't. But uh I just want to say thanks to all the Picayune coaches for allowing me and you to start this and then for us to, to continuously cover because we really do this and we, we we love doing it obviously and and it's so much fun but some of the memories that i want to say that we've had with this group uh slick is man you couldn't tell us that we weren't on the team like we're out there on when you're on that sideline that that coach there there's nothing that um that i didn't do that i ever felt like i was out we were out of place like i think we 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 probably didn't do as much as we could do out there because we were like, nobody ever tells us no. And so uh, hats off to Coach Stogner and his whole uh, crew because, uh, I mean, we really just want to get the kids more notoriety and attention, and I think it's showing. I mean, I know the, the kids have earned all this, but I think we have helped somewhat, and, and you can't make me not believe that in, in the slightest bit by – you know, hearing their names on the on the radio through Twitter, and the Twitter's really big. And and um, I just wanted to say thanks to to all the picking and the players too. I mean, you talk about Cody; he's by far the most interviewed. If you count all the interviews you've done with oh, him, Clay, wow, yeah. all the interviews I've done well, after every game. And and I want to tell you guys, some of those games were big games, and he'd have four or five people, and I'm like, man, I don't really. And he never. He's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. You know, he never he never seemed mad about uh about doing an interview, and um, I really appreciate that, and it's been so much fun. I mean, I, I know, like you said, we're out there like we're we're coaches. It just it, it feels so good. Well, I, I'll add to that too, Dave, just I guess in my, my final thoughts here. But, you know, most people, you know, the, the fan base, they hear us, and you know, we're on the air. They, they know or they probably don't know. We don't get paid for what we do. Right. We, we typically do it because we enjoy it. And I think for the three of us here and um, really everyone involved with the Talking Ball Y'all Media Group, it's all about the kids yep. and, and exposure. And I think what you've done too, um, getting their videos out. And, and I know that the coaching staff has done a lot of that too, but you know, it went from, you know, we're going to post this, this highlight video on Twitter. And all of a sudden now some big coordinator from an SEC school was following it. Right. Yep. And it was all to get the exposure out for those kids, but to see the growth of these kids too, um, you know, from their sophomore seasons to now. And I'll, I'll end with this one story that you and I've talked about a lot we try to interview Amarion as a sophomore. Yeah. Couldn't get two words out of him. <laughs> His senior year, he's fighting for the mic. Y'all gonna get me? Y'all gonna get me? Just to see them grow, um, boy, the, the the young men that they became, and I can't see what they accomplish as a group. Um, we're gonna continue to follow them. It's been a special ride, and I echo what you said too. We greatly appreciate the coaching staff with the access they've allowed uh, Clay and myself and, and you as well to have uh, to this group. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. Absolutely, the relationships, man, and the way that Lord uses uh, our coverage to create and uh, let some of those relationships flourish have been incredible. I can't say how much I appreciate uh, Dave, you, Slick, for what um, y'all do, what y'all mean to me personally. And then uh, just a recap, if you'll hang in after this, we'll have Cody Stogner first. He'll be the first interview you'll hear after this segment, and then we'll get to Dave's interviews following that. 
uh, Mississippi-Alabama ball game. That will be Chris Davis, Amarion Tyson, Monte Waller, Mikey Morrell, and John Feaster. So we'll have those interviews. But we say it uh, each and every week. We try to tell you every time that we're talking to you as a listener how much you're appreciated. We certainly appreciate our sponsors. We appreciate Jeff kind of keeping us all together, keeping all these interviews uh, straight that we may text him from nine different phone numbers, but he kind of corrals us back in and does a really good job with that. So we appreciate you listening. It gives us an excuse to keep going. So thank you. It feels good to buy local. Whether you're supporting your community's small businesses, family-owned restaurants, or Farm Bureau Insurance, The local agents at Farm Bureau Insurance are dedicated to always helping you protect what's important. Farm Bureau Insurance is headquartered right here in Mississippi with local agents in your community. If you're shopping for car, home, or life insurance in the Popleville area, call Kate Amaker at 601-795-4585. Or if you're in the Picayune Carrier area, call Robert Hester, Lane Kazan, or me, Ross Gilbo, at 601-798-2861. And go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau Casualty, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Healthy pets, happy people, exceptional medicine, compassionate care. That's our motto at the Animal Health Clinic in Picayune. Located at 500 Telly Road, we are equipped with the latest veterinary technology and provide a full menu of animal health services, including after-hours emergencies. Dr. Alan Smith invites you to join our clinic family by checking out our website at ahcpicayune.com or calling us at 601-799-1300. Standing by with Cody Stogner. It's peculiar. Normally we're around midfield about an hour before a football game when we uh, do these, and those certainly have a special feel. This is a pretty cool feel as well as we'll camp out on this senior class and Cody, um, I've seen that you've done a couple of interviews, um, print articles talking about this this group and this year that was, but can you kind of give me um, your thoughts on, as we've now had the Mississippi-Alabama game, the Bernard Blackwell game, and then Chris participated in the U.S. Army uh, game last night, but your thoughts now that you've had a little time for, for it to all digest and see your kids participate in some of these all-star games i mean you know look just just looking back and just how amazing this group of young men are uh just the things they were able to accomplish over the last three years of their high school career uh you know where they came in with this program and how they left it you know we talk about they came in uh and they leave the program better than what they found it uh you know the the standard has always been raised high here but these 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 seniors are leaving here with that bar set really really high you know and and uh, it's a good thing because now we, we have something more to reach for. And, you know, more like, you know, you look at the, just the, the type of level of talent they are, just the amount of guys we had playing in all-star games with JB and Nike playing in the Bernard Blackwell and Marion and Jamonte and Chris playing the Missile game with, with Chris playing the, the, I mean, the Army All-American game last, last night. And Jamonte is going to play, uh, participate in the Under Armour All-American game. So, you know, that's not just that's, – that's not a fluke. You know, these guys have worked hard their whole career. They're really – tremendous athletes uh and that's what's made us good you know you know we, we we've they've had the best stretch best record and probably the best career of any team 
I'll put up against it. I think they're the best group that's ever come through picking. I mean, that's, and I might be a little biased, but, you know, they're the reason we, we were as successful as what we are. And, you know, when, you know, they were just good, good players, good, good leaders. And man, the best thing about them is they're all really good people. And, you know, going into coaching, you want to see people move on, become good husbands, good fathers. You know, we preach it when, you know, we say it, but these guys are, you can tell just they're going to live it out. And uh, that's what I'm most proud of really. Uh, you know, it didn't end the way we wanted it to this year. Uh, but, you know, it's hard. It's real hard. And then, you know, hindsight 2020, if we could have kept a few guys healthy, if we could have, you know, done a few things here and there, might have changed changed it. But, you know, sometimes the luck just ain't on your side. And you people don't understand, you really got to be lucky to to play all the way until December. And, you know, and the luck just wasn't, wasn't our turn this time. So, but the good thing is, all these guys are going to have a chance to go on to play on the next level. Just, I mean, the majority of them, uh, even the ones who not, I know they're going to be successful in whatever they decide to do. Cody, the perspective that it gives you, you talk about the end. Uh, you had some uh, some bad luck, some uh, really, uh, I'll throw in a poor decision made by some higher ups um, in the state. The perspective, though, to be able to hear some of these coaches talk to after the Bernard Blackwell, I know you were actually on that staff, so you were able to see what you've already seen, the way that your kids were going to work, and then the Mississippi-Alabama game. I thought it was cool. I guess it was Rockwell's article that maybe it was Sig's, but it talked about, hey, the way these other coaches talk about my kids. Kind of speak to that, if you would. Well, I mean, just, yeah, like just being able to coach with other guys who've seen our players, but also – you know, going out on the field Saturday at the Rock and uh, just, you know, shaking hands with the coaches. But, you know, not only them coming up to me and saying that our guys are tremendous athletes, but just listening to them talking about how good of people they are. You know, that's one thing I can't talk about. Like, it really doesn't stand out, like, because it's hard to explain. Like, they're, they were commending them on how hard they work, how tough they were, um, you know, that they were locked in from day one. And that's the stuff that really makes me happy. We know they're good players. You know, we know they're good players and that, you know, that he was like one of them brought up that they were all three really high character guys. And man, what a, what a, hmm. uh, I don't know how really to hmm. say a, a, a bragging point sure. on an individual, not hmm. just a football player, just their type of character they are. And so that really makes me proud, you know, obviously as a coach, but obviously I know it makes the parents really proud because their parents did a really good job of raising these young men. And, you know, we're just, us coaches here, just a small part of their lives. And so that still makes us extremely happy to hear those type of words being bragged about the guys that's coming from the Picayune program. And, you know, and the thing is, you know, it's a good thing because now, you know, they set the precedence for the future ties to come through here of like, okay, you just, you know, you're not going to be just a really good football player. You know, we want you to have to be of extreme character and, and a great leader and, and just a great human being. And these guys have, you know, really set the tone for that. A guy that I wanted to bring up, and you get in trouble individualizing this. I think I know the kids well enough they won't take offense, especially with a guy that I'm about to highlight. But a, a kid like Quentin Haynes, he's not, he doesn't have the, the postseason notoriety. But when I think about picking football, he's kind of the kid I think about. You know, and, and three years ago we were during spring training, uh, when Quentin was coming up for ninth, tenth grade, we didn't really know much about him. We did a little, you know, got out there in spring, and we, we, you know, when we strapped pads on, he let us know real quick who he was, and uh, it was all she wrote from then. And you're right, 
what a tremendous asset to this football program that he was. And, you know, he was he's kind of one of them unsung heroes because of all what he's done and very unselfish for, you know, he's a guy who really typically isn't an offensive lineman, but he came in and started three years. And, you know, he played 30 games at the offensive guard spot, was able to play special teams and some linebacker force. And, you know, I know it didn't do him any justice probably with recruiting-wise, but, you know, just it's always unselfish of him to do whatever it took to help this team be successful. And, man, he's he's a great football player. I hope somebody really takes a chance on him because they're going to get a really, really good football player who's going to be just as tough as all get out, works extremely hard, very smart football player. So, But, you know, that's that's, that's the case. You know, he's, he's one that stands out when you say that, but we also have a lot of other supporting cast that, you know, very easily could be, you know, in these other guys' shoes. And But, uh, you know, you got to have that supporting cast. And the thing is, like, the supporting cast is was what, what made these other guys who they were too, because they wouldn't be playing in these All Star games and getting all these you know the accolades if it wasn't for those guys. And so, yeah, Quentin is one we're really gonna miss. Yeah, there's a you know you look at Nunu and you look at Christian James. I, I saw them over the summer with my own eyes and then through social media and the work that they put in. They had big years, Cody. They're part of that supporting cast. I know they work hard under y'all's watch, but this was a group of kids, a group of seniors that was willing to work on their own. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you know, like you said, we said, we call them a supporting cast, but you can't tell that they were a supporting cast. You know, everybody was, everybody was the guy to me in my eyes because, you know, this is this wasn't Jamonte's team or Chris Davis's team or, 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 or Marion's team or JB. This was – this 2024 class's football team. And it was really their football team really for the last three years. And, uh, you know, but that's how I look at it. And I think that's how they look at it. You can't tell tell one of them that, hey, you know, you, you were supporting cats for this guy here. No, they believe they were the guy. And I also, you know what, they were the guy in my eyes too because if they weren't the guy in that position, I don't know what we would have done. So everybody was extremely important with their role. And I think they'll all tell you that, you know, they always, we, you know, we preach, do your job, do your job. And they can all tell you right now that the main focus always is to do their job, do it the best of their ability. And I think, you know, we, we, we man, I've been sitting here ranting and raving. We were, we've been blessed over the last few years. We've had some damn good football sure. players and, you know, Really going to miss this group that's going out of here. You know, they were my really first group I've had all the way through. So it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch them go and be successful in whatever they do. But also at the same time, just just where they're leaving the program and how they can come back and you know use their experience and, and you know their wisdom to share with the younger classmen is just going to just going to take this program in, in, you know into the stratosphere. Cody, I think about when I was a kid, six, seven years old, and Bobby Bounds, like this etched in my memory. I think uh, there was going to be a, a ton of kids in our community that uh, picture Marion Tyson, some of these other kids that we've already mentioned, just those memories just kind of etched in grownups and in, in kids' memories, some memories that kind of stand out. I mean, of, of course, the state titles, but some memories from this group that are kind of in, in your mind or come top of mind, Cody? Well, you know, what stands out is, uh, like, uh, these kids become superheroes to the mm-hmm. younger community around here. And uh, I know it just because of my own son. Like, he wants to be Jamonte Waller. Mm-hmm. He wants to be, you know, they all, all the kids that want to be Marion Tyson. You know, these these little kids in the community see Marion Tyson doing the things he does. Like, I don't think these, these young men realize the impact they've had on this community over the last three years. I mean, it's changed so much around this town, just the support they get. And they've earned it. They've earned the support. And, 
you know, and I think the 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 the, the support and from the community has just been superb. And like I said, these guys, whether they like it or not, they have became, you know, kind of bigger than life for some of these young guys around here. And uh, you know, but I'm proud of them too because when you go out and see them in public with these younger with the younger kids, how they re- interact and react with them. You know, it makes this old dad and old coach, sure. this, you know, really mm. happy. And I'm, I'm sitting here shedding a tear about it because that's just, man, it's it's awesome. They're just, they're awesome people. Yeah, that is. That's special stuff. Um, Cody, you've got some guys that are going to be able to uh, turn around and play baseball. Morgan, who came back, man, from, you know, you hear um, some of the inside information that uh, people in our community who listen to this, Timmy, uh, can kind of walk you through that. Or Morgan, that was a pretty gruesome knee injury that he fought back. We got Kyler back for a season. He skipped a year on us, but then we got – um, him back, uh, the old lefty, the set, you know, the leader on, on offense. We'll get to see them um, get after it on the baseball diamond. The importance of some of these guys playing multiple sports in Picune athletics. Cody, uh, I know you're a, a dual sport guy. Talk about uh, kind of your thought process on on seeing Tidesmen do multiple things. Well, it just goes to show you the type of athletes they are. You know, where they don't. Have to- not, when you're able to excel in more than one just sport, you're not just a great football player. You're not just great. You're a great athlete. And, uh, you know, that's what a lot of people strive to be. And these guys, you know, having to go from one season to another, you know, there's we and even our basketball players, you know, Nike's going to play sure. in every basketball. Like, so it's, it's I love seeing multiple sport guys because, I mean, one, I have so much pride in this school. I want to see every sport do good. Yep. And why not have the best dudes over there doing it for sure. them? And, and uh you know, we've talked about this in years past, you know, like when you bring up, you know, the Morgan Morgan situation and all that. We always say these kids aren't ordinary. They're extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And and I'm so excited. I You know, I was at the basketball game last night, and they were really getting after it. Coach E's doing a great job with that group over there, and they're off to a 12-2 and start. And I'm really excited to go watch these guys in baseball because, you know, they've put in – they've taken some lumps early in their careers. And, uh, you know, they've put in a lot of work. And, you know, I, I think we're about to see something really special – uh, and this is just like I said, this is that special group that's come through through Picky. And so I, I would really encourage a lot of people, you know, don't miss out because this this generational type talent don't come around very often. And, uh, you know, we're excited to go. I mean, I think, you know, we're gonna, I'm expecting big things from Brady on the mound. even at the plate as well. And uh, Kyler's just, you know, he's a phenomenal athlete. So he's going to do what he does and Morgan being able to come back and do what he does. And so. I uh, hope I'm not missing anybody. I feel like no, there's so many. I'm of glad them, but, you picked me but, up on Nike. Nike would have looked at me. Like there's it. so many. There's so many of them. That just which is a good thing. Like it's, it means that every program is going to get the benefit from having just really good athletes, and that's what ultimately you're you're wanting to be. And so uh, I love it, man. I, I I love getting out there and supporting all the programs and watching them, and especially I feel you know I get to be a fan too. Sure. So I get to be a fan. I get. And I get the highs and lows with them when they're winning or losing, or if they're behind, or when they, you know, you get the thrill of watching them come back and be a fan. So it's 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 fun, and and I'm looking forward to it. This uh these other two uh, seasons for us, Coach. I'll get you out of here on this. I thought it was cool the the touchdown uh, club would spotlight the seniors, much like we're doing on this episode. And and one of the things or one of the questions was how did they want to be remembered. If you want this underclassmen, these guys that are going to hang around with us and, and try to do some spe- special things, what do you want them to kind of take away from this senior class? They're winners. 
they're not just winners on the field. They're winners in the classroom, and they're going to be winners in life. And, you know, we, we, we want to we win in everything we do because, you know, the old saying, winning's fun every day, <laughs> no matter what you're doing. And, uh, like I said, uh, you know, we always bring up how great of people they are, great of athletes. But that's, to me, is they're winners on the field, winners in the classroom. we got to, you know, Chris, Chris is going to be signing with Stanford tomorrow. And, I mean, just all the guys. I, I, I want to say our whole senior class is going to be on honor roll this year. And, and uh, so it's – and then and in life, these guys are not only, you know, once their playing careers over with, I can see them being, you know, top notch members of this community, and you know, and really setting, you know, they're setting the bar high not just for the lower underclassmen, mm-hmm. they're setting the bar high for this community out here. I mean, if you can't look at what these guys the next over the last three years and say, okay, hey, we've got to pick our game up a little bit, you know, they they're trying to get better, one percent better every day. We can we can do it as well, and you know what, I look up to them as well. I got to do it myself, and and uh, so yeah, these underclassmen, I think you know they're going to see that saying, hey, it's not just about showing up and 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 just going through the motions. You know, these guys put they sacrificed a lot. They uh, and and you know the, the the rewards have been great for them. They're reaping a lot of it, so. Cody, I can't thank you enough, man, for the access, for uh, what you do for the Talking Ball Y'all media group, particularly for Ricky and I and, and Dave and, and Darren and the way we're able to cover your, your squad, man. I appreciate uh, your friendship. I appreciate you as a coach. Yeah, man. I, anytime I get to, get to talk and brag about our guys, you know, you know where to call me, where to find me. I'll be glad to do it because they deserve every bit of credit they get. And, hey, you know, we, all, we just talked about it the other day. We ain't going nowhere, so we're getting ready to get come uh, going this Christmas break and get back after work. So roll tide roll. For all your towing needs in Popperville and Pearl River County, call Greg's Tow Biz. Whether you're towing a car, truck, tractor, or anything that needs to be towed, call this locally owned and operated business in Popperville. The phone number is 601-337-2300. Call Greg's Tow Biz. All right, I'm here with uh, Mike Morrell, one of the uh, managers here for the Mississippi-Alabama game. Also did a manager for uh, Picayune. So, Mike, uh, talk a little bit about this week, what you had to do and uh, things that was going on. You had to stay up here and help out and uh, let everyone know what you was uh, involved in. So, basically, uh, I was involved with, like, really, like, I was taking care of balls and stuff. I was shutting out the, uh, the uh, linemen and stuff. Every, every practice, wake up early, I'll make sure everybody good. It's pretty, it's pretty about it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's really about it, though. So how did you enjoy this experience, staying up here, hanging out with all these guys? I was at the banquet, man. They seemed like they really liked you. That's what uh, Monte told me. He said uh, everybody loved Mikey. Oh, it, it was a very good experience. I met some uh, I met some good some uh, good dudes, you know what I'm saying? It was it was nice to be around other people from from different schools and we, and we all connected in like in like one day, in a couple of days. So I think that was like very, I think that very special. You uh you're going to East Central, correct? Yes, sir. You're gonna be a manager for the baseball, or is it? Yes, sir. I'm gonna be a baseball manager for East Central Community College. All right. Well, good luck with that, Mike, and yes, uh, appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Exotic Stone specializes in a variety of natural and manufactured stone, and has proudly provided exceptional service, quality work, and low prices to the residents of Pearl River County and beyond for the past 17 years. They have two locations, 6895 Highway 11 in Carrier or 1171 Highway 90 in Bay St. Louis. Exotic Stones is ready to support all your commercial and residential projects. Give Angela Burmaster a call at 
3170 or stop by one of their convenient locations to view their selection or to request a quote and you'll be happy that you made Exotic Stones your choice. All right, I'm here with uh, Jamonte following the uh, Mississippi-Alabama uh, game. Jamonte, talk a little bit about the experience. Y'all had to come stay up here, hang out with a bunch of guys from different schools. Y'all were close quarters with the uh, Alabama guys. So talk a little bit about that experience. Um, it was a great experience uh, just to, got, you know, to get to hang with the guys, my future teammates, and you know all the top guys in the state of Mississippi and the state of Alabama. It was just a great – and it's, it's a true blessing. Yeah, you get to hang out with a bunch of guys that are – Top top guys in Mississippi, top guys in Alabama. Get to, I mean, make some friendships. Like you said, you're going to hang out with some of your future Auburn uh, teammates for next year. Um, get to play in the game. Got, man, we had some good experience here at USM, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, this, I think, is probably my first loss here. So, but I had a little winning streak going on. Yeah, you made some plays today. Uh, man, I seen it. They was holding you, though. They was holding you. It's all right, man. Uh, <laughs> Guess they they called it football. So uh, to let everyone know, your fly out, uh, I think the 29th, you're going to be playing in the uh, Under Armour game? Yes, sir, 29th. Uh, I leave for the Under Armour game. The game January 3rd, so y'all be tuning in. And then after that, you move into Auburn when? January 7th, and then my uh, next life starts. <laughs> Good luck, Jamonte. You know, we're all going to be rooting for you. Oh, yeah. Around here, the tougher things get, the better we are. Because all around Pearl River County, you'll find people working together. Like your two hospitals, Highland Community and Pearl River County, working together with Forest Health to bring you health care that's coordinated and complete. We're here for you now, and you know we'll be here tomorrow. Highland Community Hospital, Pearl River County Hospital, and Forest Health. Two great hospitals, one incredible health system. I'm here with uh, Marion Tyson following the uh, Mississippi-Alabama game. Marion, I asked uh, the other guys, talk a little bit about this experience. You had to come live up here at Camp Shelby, hang out with a bunch of guys from a bunch of different schools. Even Alabama kids were in the same place. Talk a little bit about that experience. It was a good experience. Seeing a lot of new faces come from all, all over Mississippi and everything, coming as one team. It was just a good thing. You got to come out here, man. I, I'm going to bring it up, dude. You missed a pick. Six. I think you'd have took it to the house, brother. I think you would have scored, huh? Oh uh, yeah, I would have scored. <laughs> you feel me? I got them DB hands. That's what it is. Yeah, you. I think you got better hands than DB. You just uh, just happened to. Hey, I got got. I did get a video. Of one good play. You were able to come through the line. Talk a little bit about that tackle for loss. Just explain what you seen on that play. My uh, my, I'm gonna get credit to Monte because Monte been saying they get they get that tight end H back set. They gonna run the stretch to the outside. So when they ran it, uh, got in that formation. I seen it, made a play. Good play. Talk a little bit about what you got coming up, Monte. I mean, uh, Amarion. So you, you haven't decided where you're gonna go to school yet. So when you figuring in, when you gonna figure that out? Um, I know time is ticking, but I at this point I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know we got a bunch of fans that's gonna be rooting you on. It don't matter where you go play at. So uh, good luck with that, and uh, we look forward to seeing you play again. And we know you, we know this wasn't the end. Oh yeah, it ain't the end. Roll tight. Pit Lane Oil Change, located at 401 Highway 11 in Picayune, is a family-owned and operated business and have been serving the area for 15 years in the same location. They are a full-service oil change shop, servicing cars, trucks, and even servicing diesel trucks. Pit Lane is a Carfax top-rated service center. They offer new oil filter, air filter inspection, wiper blade inspection, 
power steering fluid top off, check transmission fluid, coolant antifreeze top off, and so much more. Their new hours are Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m., and closed on Saturdays. Stop by Pit Lane Oil Change today and let them be your personal pit crew. All right, I'm here with running back Chris Davis. Chris, well, we didn't finish this game like we wanted, but uh, talk a little bit about this week. How it was uh, getting to come over here to Hattiesburg, stayed uh, about all, all week and uh, room with a bunch of guys from Mississippi, Alabama, got to mingle with them. So uh, talk a little bit about that experience. Well, like I can say that's the exciting and it's a really a blessing. But just getting to know those guys on another level is just like real. It's just like we all the same. We just we got to keep God first. Chris, you're going. I think you're going to play one more game in that U.S. Army uh, All-American game. Uh, so be on the lookout for that if this comes out before that. And then, um, Chris, talk a little bit about Stanford. You're visiting to go to Stanford. You're wrapping up, uh, signing Wednesday, correct? Yes, sir. I mean, that's just extremely blessing. I just give all glory to God and just continue to try to get that one percent better each day. Chris, man, it's been an honor covering you, uh, and I look forward to seeing you in college. We're watching uh, All-American Games. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. How do you unwind? Whether it's hunting, riding horses, or just sitting around a campfire, it's better on land you own. Southern Ag Credit can finance that land. Give our Gulf Port office a call at 228-832-5582. Or visit us online at southernagcredit.com. All right, I'm here with a former Picayune Maroon Tide standout, current Moss Point head coach, Coach Feaster. Coach, thanks for joining the uh, podcast. Talk a little bit about uh, coming up here. I don't think you had any of your guys up here, but you got to coach uh, three uh, Picayune guys. What does that kind of mean for you to come up here and do that? It means the world, man. Like I said, I'm grateful and thankful for the opportunity to to stand on the field with some guys from my hometown. Uh, family, uh, Chris is my family. Uh, Monte like family grew up on the same same street, man. Blank South Blanks, man. I'm just I'm grateful and thankful for the opportunity, and uh, man, I'm proud of them, man, for the way they represented our hometown. Caleb, <laughs> they talk, uh, coach, talk a little bit about what these guys have to do all week, cause I I asked them, but you know they, they don't give me a good enough answer. Just talk a little bit about they come up here, they have to stay up here practicing and kind of get involved with a, and a bunch of guys they they kind of know but they don't really know they're not 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 all of them are teammates well it kind of give them a chance to get ready for what they fear to walk into and that's the college life uh, they had to wake themselves up uh not gonna say none of them guys was was, uh, was late for anything they had to wake themselves up and keep the rooms clean and uh you know just held themselves well they was in in uh dorms pretty much by themselves on uh, minister one administrative coach and they handled themselves with class man and uh you know and it just kind of gets them ready you know Got to make breakfast check. You don't make breakfast check. You're in trouble. So just getting them ready for that college life. And again, two of days, the grind. You know, what they're about to walk into and what they've been doing their whole life in picking you. So. Well, Coach, thank you. And uh, appreciate you jumping on here for a few minutes, for a few seconds. And then uh, good luck at Moss Point. I think uh, I think they're going to be looking up down there. So yeah, that's, uh, that's the plan, man. And I thank y'all. appreciate what you guys do for the kids and for, for the community, man. God bless. Thank you, Coach. Yeah.